They're not being submissive to my will and who I am. They may think they're going towards God, but they're not following. Let us follow Jesus Christ all the days of our life. Praise his name. Praise God. I stand amazed that I, a lonely beggar, should walk with God along life's narrow way. Praise God. He took away my every disappointment and He changed my dark this night through his power golden day I stand amazed that God should ever love me so wild was I so deeply stained by sin his love or praise God that didn't slay me Satan every day We're standing up for Jesus while we're kneeling down to pray If his precious blood has cleansed you and washed away your sins that makes you a member of the blood wars Praise God I'm a member of the blood wars band I've been washed in the soul cleansing blood Master came and made me a member of the blood wash band. Praise God, I'm a member of the blood wash band. I've been washed in the soaking blood of the land. Thank you, Jesus. I was bound by chains of sin till one day the Master came and made me a member of the blood wash band. Terror reached the goal For the battle's almost over And we'll soon be going home I can hear the sound of angels As the saints go marching in Singing praises to the captain Of the blood wars band Praise God, I'm a member of the blood wars band I've been washed in the soul-cleansing blood of the land Marching Terry reached the goal For the battle's almost over And we'll soon be going home 
I can hear the sound of angels as the saints go marching in, singing praises to the captain of the blood washed band. Praise God, I'm a member of the blood washed band. I've been washed in the soul cleansing blood of the Lamb. Praise God! I was bound by chains of sin till one day the Master came and made me a member of the blood washed band. Praise God! Till one day the master came and made me a member of the blood wars. Father, we thank you this morning that we are members of the blood wars. Lord, if we would be put on trial this morning, may they find enough evidence this morning to convict us of being your child. Lord, we come to you this morning, and we ask you this morning, God, to be in the midst this morning. I come against any hindering spirit this morning, God, that would come against this service, Lord, that would come against the altar call today. Lord, we lift Pastor up to you this morning, and may he bring the word of life this morning, God, that you have given him to bring this morning. Father, we thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your goodness. And Lord, most of all, we thank you that we are members of the blood wash band. And Lord, that we are looking for our soon coming king this morning. Thank you, Father. We give you praise this morning. It's in your name that we ask. Amen. was buried beneath my shame. Do you remember that day? Who could carry that kind of weight? It was my tomb till I met you. I was
It's alive this morning. It's alive and well. The blessed hope, his name is Jesus. Amen.
been a busy week. You see a lot of people missing. A lot of them needed a vacation when they got out of there. And a lot of them took off. And uh, I'm glad for those that were so participant, so many of them that come out, worked hard every week, every, all week long, worked hard with the games, hard with the kids. And when it's hot like that and you're out there, I think they changed and did a few water games just to make it cooler. But it ended up being a lot of people here, and I was glad. I was glad for all the little kids. Don't think your kid's too mean to come to BBS, okay? It's okay. I know they act up, but anytime uh, kids get around other kids, they're going to get excited. And it stirs them up. Even the quiet kids, they get loud. But uh, sometimes when you come, and maybe if you didn't come here regular, you think it makes me nervous when my kids act up. You know what? Uh, we've been dealing with kids acting up all our life. I had them myself, so don't worry about it. We, we love the little children, and nobody seems to be more enthused with them than Rich and Barb to work so hard to get that all together and fight it every year. Rich prays for the rain. He prays for it not to show up. And uh, for it be a hot week, actually, it really wasn't as bad as I think they thought it was going to be. But uh, I appreciate all of that. I want to talk to you something today. There's been a lot of stuff said today. Bobby Stanley talked to adult class this week while the uh, kids were in the back. And he mentioned Thomas. Uh, Thomas is called Doubting Thomas in the Bible. He's one of the disciples. He mentioned him, and I thought about him just a little bit ago, because Thomas is one of those that made up his mind, if I don't see him, I won't believe it. And I want you to understand something today. I don't care if you're a quiet person. I want you to understand something. Duran was a quiet kid. I'm sorry, Durant. I don't mean to tell on you. But he was a quiet kid. Most of the, There's a lot of people here that was quiet people. But God makes a change inside of you. And sometimes, just like King David, you have to encourage yourself in the Lord and you have to stir yourself up. And you may look at somebody else and say, well, that person's just like that. They like to shout. They like to do this. They like to jump up and down. They like to get happy. They like to sing loud in the mic, you know. But can I tell you something? When you get excited enough that you don't care and you want to praise your Lord, guess what? You're going to act up yourself. Something's going to stir you up and say, I don't want to be left out. I don't want to go home and think about I wish I could be like somebody. I'm going to stir, get stirred up about what I know about the Savior that changed my life. And that's what he's trying to do in every one of us. He's trying to stir us up in faith, not in show, not in how loud you can be. 
He wants you to believe him. And it, I can promise you that those that get stirred up, kids that are playing, when one of them says, I'm going down the slide, all of them lines up. Some of them probably was about half afraid until them first few ran up there and said, I'm going down the slide. And that's what we watched this week with the water slide. That's what they were doing. And even, the, uh, even some of the adults was wanting to go down it. But it was only made for kids. But the real truth is God is trying to stir up faith in people. He's trying to stir you up to get a hold of you. And sometimes you will reserve yourself. You will sit back and say, no, I'm not that person. I just can't do that. Well, you won't never do it unless you know inside of your heart there's something jumping inside, but you can't get it on the outside. And I can tell you, you don't have to show off for nobody. Nobody's trying to get you to do anything that you don't do. But the only problem is you need sometimes to stir yourself up in God. And you know, one thing I want to talk about today is I want to talk about your faith. And I want to talk about not only your faith, but I want to know what is your faith about the resurrection? Is that a hard thing to you know, that our, our gospel's built on the resurrection of Christ. Do you know he defeated death? Do you know we could talk about how he died and Thomas saw him die? They knew he had been crucified. They knew that he had been beaten. They knew that the life went out of him and they buried him. That's why Thomas said, if I don't see him, I won't believe it. And most of you in this life we, that we've grown up, I've heard all my life, Jesus resurrected. He came out of the grave. He came up out of that grave. You know what? I believe that. But have I saw somebody come out of the grave? Have you saw somebody come out of the grave? No. But can I tell you something? We're basing our whole gospel and everything we believe on Jesus arose from the dead. Now, you know what? If you don't get it in your mind and get it in your heart, then I'm going to believe that. That's what your faith is, is believing what you cannot see. Did you know the Bible not only says he did 2,000 years ago, but it says he's coming back for his church. He said that to them when he left. I'm coming back. We believe it. We talk about it. But do we really believe it? Do we really have faith for it? Did you know the world is stirring us toward let's find out if we can get a cure for cancer, a cure for everything, so we can live longer? And I'm going to tell you something. If you don't have your faith in what Jesus Christ came out of the grave, guess what? You're, you're going to fall short. I don't care what they discover. I don't care what the doctors, the scientists, the dentists, or anybody else comes up with. They're not going to prevent you from dying. You're on a death roll, whether you know it or not. And I thought about that, and this is why it stirred me this direction. Hebrews 11.6, one verse, Bobby mentioned this one too this week. But without faith, it's impossible to please God. You can't please him. If you don't have faith, believe what he tells you that he has done. Now, you know what? I didn't live 2000. I didn't live when Abraham Lincoln 
was here. I didn't live when George Washington was here. But my history books tell me they were here. Tells me they had a civil war. It tells me all kinds of things going on. You don't question that. But sometimes we question, did Jesus really come? Did he come and did he really die on a, a, a cross for you and I? We have to have faith in what we're believing and what we're talking about. Do you know people knows if you really believe what you're living? They know. Because you, you can't keep from talking about it. You can't keep from searching for it. You need to search the scriptures to find out what it tells you. When it, in Psalms 58.3, there's one little verse that I want to read, and it's talking about born with a sin nature. Listen to this. It says the wicked, Psalm 58.3, the wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they be born, speaking lies. How many knows you don't have to teach a baby to lie? Babies will lie to you. Babies will will, they will rebel against you. I don't care how much you give them, they're going to rebel on you. Why? Because there's a nature in every one of us that says, I don't want to. You tell me, to, uh, we had one kid, if you told him to do this, right away he got rebellious. I don't want to do that. I want to do it my way. None of you ever done that. It happens. And it says here that the wicked, those that are in rebellion, they're estranged from the womb. That means right away after they're born, they don't want what you're wanting them to do. You want them to take a nap? They don't want to take a nap. You want them to eat food? They don't like that food. They want something else. Then in Ephesians 2, it says, Verse 3, it says, Among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love with where he loved us, even when we were dead in our sins, he hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved. And he hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. If you're a Christian today, you're in Christ Jesus. You have accepted what he has done for you. He died for you when you didn't know he was even dying for you. He laid down his life and died for your sin that you that would be against you the rest of your days. The first Adam, Adam the first one that came when God made Adam, they had failed and fall. They fell. And when they fell, guess what happened? Death started on mankind. And it was inherited by every one of us. In a sense, we don't die because of, of uh, because just of, of his sin. No, we die because we're all sinners. We, it don't take long. I didn't do the sin that Adam did, maybe. Maybe you didn't do the exact same sin that Adam and Eve did. But can I tell you something? From that time forth, God put a curse upon it, and man would return to the dust of the ground. 
I mean, here's what I'm saying. You're bound to die. You know, and I accept Christ as my Savior as a teenager. Can I tell you something? I'm still, this body is dying. But I have a promise inside of me. I have a promise that as you accept Christ, and I, this is what I want you to hear. I want you to get a hold of the faith, and I want you to turn to Romans, the fifth chapter, if you will. I want you to look at Romans, the fifth chapter. I want you to look at verse 12. And I want you to grab a hold of this in your mind. Because, see, we cannot be confused about what the enemy will keep you thinking that all my good deeds, did you know you can come out here and work for VBS all week long and still go to hell? Excuse me. Not judging nobody. But I'm going to tell you something. You need to have your faith in Christ. It is not faith in what you're doing. It's not your good works that's earning you a way to heaven. God is pleased with good things, but he's not pleased. You can't get there by your good way. Otherwise, he would have never sent his son to die for you. In Romans, the fifth chapter, I want you to look at verse 12. Wherefore, as by one man, talk about Adam, sinned, sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. That means in the fall, Adam's, uh, fall of Adam, sin entered into the human race. I mean, here's what I'm saying. Sin and death entered in. Look at verse 13. It says, for under the law, until the law, sin was in the world. But sin is not imputed where there's no law. Does that mean because there was no law from Abraham or from uh, Adam to Moses? Does that mean the people didn't go to hell or people didn't get judged? It's telling you basically that people, God dealt with them. You watch, look at the Bible. God not only dealt with the first family, Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel, but he turned around and he dealt with mankind. And as mankind began to do his own thing, mankind began to leave God out and started doing it without God. That's why they built the Tower of Babel. And then God says, no, I'll pick somebody. I, he picked Abraham and said, Abraham, what was the first thing he told Abraham he had to do? Number one is depart from them. Listen to me. God's going to make a separation in you. God made a separation in Abraham. He said, I'm going to make you my people. So the first thing I want you to do is separate yourself from those that are living the way they're living. They're living wicked. God let the flood of Noah, until Noah found grace, he let the flood come and destroy all mankind because God seen that man was just evil continually. And like I said last week, God came, you can look at it this way as the way I saw it. I look at it like God came to a fork in the road. You know every one of us come to forks in the road. God came to a fork in the road where he said, hey, I could destroy all a man and be justified. But he allowed for Noah to find grace in his eyes. And for that, he spared mankind. So how many knows when God was justified to cut man off, what did God turn around and do? He gave grace and he gave mercy. And he brought man back. 
Now he turns around, that was the 6th chapter of Genesis, he turns around to the 12th chapter and he pulls Abraham up and says, I want to make you my people. And he called Abraham, Father Abraham. And that's where it began. But God began to deal with bringing his own son into this world for you and I. But how many knows the curse of sin and death was still on us? It goes on, verse 14. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression. They didn't do Adam's transgression. They didn't do what Adam did. But uh, so many people, they didn't maybe be, maybe they didn't come the same way, out of the same church you came for to get saved. Did you know some people hear the word and they react to it? Others, they may go through many trials before they come to the end of their self and they choose to serve God. But can I tell you some Christ paid the price and as long as you see the plan of salvation and you see Christ, you reach out, you grab a hold of him. You don't have to act like me. You don't have to act like Duran. You don't have to act like Sue. You got to be what God's told you to be. Anna said it, just as clear as a button. Be yourself in God and let God stir you up. But don't be afraid to say something's going on in here that's not of the flesh. It's of the Spirit of God. And I want you to know something's alive in here. Something changes my mind. Something changes my heart. He goes on to say, who is the figure of him to come? Was talking about Christ. But not, the, not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense one of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift of grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, has abounded unto many. Just as sure as Adam committed a sin and sin entered into the world and man followed that with sin upon sin, Cain rises up and kills his brother Abel. Death had never happened that way before. No murder had ever happened before. And Cain turned around and lied to God and said, I don't know, am I my brother's keeper? I don't know where he's at. He knew right where he was at. God knew he knew. He goes on to say, For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. So death was on you. My yesterday, the old man, death was on me. But now I don't live by that old man no more. I don't live by the curse of the old man. I've been given life. I've been, I died like baptism. I died to myself and I'm alive forevermore in Christ. I'm nothing. It ain't me. It was what he did. That's why you need to receive and understand that because of what Jesus did, there's life. You can't have life because I decide I want to go to a nice church. 
you can't have life because you decide you want to have children. No, I tell you, God gives life. He sent his son to bring us life. And everything else that's not in Christ is dying. It's got a death sentence on it. Sounds hard, but it's not hard. It's simple. God made it this way. You and I can't change it. It's what it is. You'll come to him and you'll make up your mind. I believe in Jesus. I believe he is the Father's plan to bring salvation to all that will come. Because of the great gift. What's the gift? His name is Jesus. Bobby, you said it. There is no, you can change the word to give and put Jesus Christ there every time. Because he is the gift the Father sent. He's what brought us life. It says in verse 18, Therefore as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation. That means to me, we're born with a sin nature. You don't like it. You see them poor little innocent babies. They're just as cute as they can be. Brand new babies. There are nothing guilty about them. They're just sweet and innocent and so nice. But you just watch them for a little while because they, the old flesh climbs up in every one of them. I'm not picking on your little baby. Praise God, I hope they stay innocent. And you'll look at them and think they're innocent. And you'll look at them, moms and dads, and say, oh, but I remember when they were just like a little baby and they were so cute. And they were so innocent. You know, it used to be cute, but there came a time when somebody needed a whipping. <laughs> cute or not. Nobody wants to hear that today, but it's the truth. I won't go there. It says, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift, talk about Christ, came upon all men under justification of life. You have been set free. I'm justified in him. I can't tell you I did good things. I can't tell you I did enough good things to measure up or to balance it out. No, my, my bad was bad enough to send me to hell. And my good is not good enough. It's filthy righteousness before what Jesus did for me. I don't have nothing to offer him but myself, my lost self. But that's what he did. He paid our price. It says, verse 19, for as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. I'm trying to get you to believe this. I keep repeating the same thing over and over. I tell you about the first Adam, and then I'll tell you about the second Adam. The first Adam, he committed sin, and he brought death and destruction and judgment and, and all of this death upon us. But the second Adam... He brought justification. He brought righteousness. He brought forgiveness. He put us back in the place where we can be in a right relationship with our Heavenly Father. 
How many hears what I'm saying? Listen to me. That's going to be the problem with you whether you're 10 years old or whether you're 90 years old. I wonder if there's a 10-year-old would change places with my brother Carl. Yeah. Kind of a scary thing, huh? All my years are gone. Carl, you remember when you was 10 years old probably. But can I tell you something? Nobody wants to take your place at 90. But can I tell you something? I'd love to be in his shoes when he's going home. Because he knows what he knows, death has no hold on him. He's alive forevermore. Hear what I'm telling you. Death is not the problem no more. Jesus justified us. He cleaned us. He made us whole. He made us one of his. There is none of us worthy of that. Amen. Not a one. And the sad part is that 10-year-old thinks it's all about all the future I got. And can I tell you, Carl can remember when he was 10. I can remember when I was 10. I told this boy I could jump over bushes and roll around in the grass, get up and run again. Now... It ain't going to happen. You know it. Most of you know what I'm talking about. This body's letting me down. This flesh lets me down. And if you're young, you sit and look at us like, huh, man, I will never get bad as you guys. I know. You'll blame it on somebody. Something. Verse 20. Moreover, the law entered... That the offense might abound. Did you know why Jesus, why God sent the law? God sent the law to show you you were a sinner. Ain't that beautiful? There wasn't no question once Moses had brought that law down. When you did something, the law says don't do it. Now, before that, God said that people were wicked. They just had wicked imaginations all the time. They had made up their mind. God said, I'm going to go down and see why they're building the tower. But they had it in their mind. We can, just, we can escape the next flood to come. We'll just build a tower higher than the sky. And you know what? Mankind's got his mindset that God, they don't need God today. They think they're that smart. And I don't know if they're controlling the weather. The weather's a little strange to me. I've lived 68 years. I can tell you the weather's a little crazy. Sometimes it's burning hot. Sometimes it's, it, they got droughts in places. They got rain. Never seen so much rain out there in Yellowstone. Never saw that like that. Mosquitoes and bugs everywhere. Never saw them before in, in the Yellowstone. But times have changed. Whether they're playing God with the weather, I have no idea. I wonder. Because they all smirk every time they talk about the things they can do. It says the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That as sin hath reigned unto death, how many know sin, the wages of sin is death? When sin's in your life, it'll reign unto death. And I ain't talking about just the body dying. I'm talking about the separation from God. 
you have got an opportunity because God sent his son and he laid the opportunity, the gift before you. But you have to choose to give. That's where our world needs to hear the gospel. Whether they know it or not, whether they want to pick it every ministry on TV or whatever, they need to hear the true gospel that Jesus has came and is offering them a way of salvation. This is the day of grace. The day of grace is just a temporary thing. God's grace for you and I and all that will come. But if you refuse and reject him, you can do it. God's not going to force anybody to serve him. You'll find out he's life or you'll find out your death because that's where the, it ends up. It says that as sin is reign unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by who? Jesus Christ our Lord. I'm only alive because Jesus is alive. Did you know he died on the cross? Did you know he came back to life? Did you know there was over 500 witnesses that saw him alive? Did you ever watch somebody die? Did you ever watch somebody breathe their last breath? Did you ever see death? Happen, you look on the news every night and young people are dying all the time. Do you think they're going to come back next week? They're not. They're facing eternity. We're all, every week, we're burying somebody facing eternity. And Jesus paid it all. God sent his only begotten son because he wanted to give us grace instead of judgment. And his son loved us that much that he laid down his life and he died for you and I. There ain't no greater story I can tell you. You can talk about your life. You can talk about the things good and bad that happened. But I can tell you, God's story is the number one story. Amen. Always has been, always will be. Best news I ever heard. I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians 15. The whole chapter is about the resurrection. But I want you to hear something. How important is our faith in this resurrection? How important is it? Do we just take it casual? You know what? It wasn't that Jesus just appeared and then disappeared and were to believe all this. No, he suffered and he died. He walked the walk that you and I walk. He walked in the shoes that we walk in. He became the new Adam, the last Adam. And in him was new life. Nobody had to follow the old Adam. You can let him go because, can I tell you, you can have new life in Christ. In verse 12 and 15, 1 uh, Corinthians 15, verse 12. Listen to this. Listen to what Paul says. Now if Christ be preached that he arose from the dead, how say some of you that there's no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then Christ, then is Christ not risen? 
And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain and your faith is in vain. I mean, here's what I'm saying. More or less, you're believing that Christ arose from the dead 2,000 years ago and went back. If, if there is no resurrection of the dead, you might as well say we're all still, uh, still completely lost. We have no Savior. We have nobody that's defeated death. But Jesus defeated death. How many years? what I'm saying? Listen to what this is saying. Yea, verse 15, and we are found false witnesses of God, Paul says, for we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised if he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. And For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain, and you are yet in your sins. And they also which have fallen asleep in Christ are perished. All my loved ones that I've prayed that God, when they, when they left here and they would point to me and they would say, live for Jesus. Mommies that used to cry out, the last things they wanted their children to hear was, live for Jesus. I want to see you again. Live for Jesus. All they cared about. Last thing Shirley's mother said to us, I want you to go. We were on our way to Florida. She said, I want you to go see your older brother. And when you get there, Shirley, tell, if I, tell me if he's living right. I want him to know. I want to know that he's okay. And we went to his house, and we prayed with him, and we talked to him. And while we were there, his wife showed up. And she got out of the car. She wasn't even supposed to show up. She was at a store. She worked at a store. And she pulled up the street down there in Florida. And we were out in the driveway getting ready to leave. We'd been about three or four hours. Prayed with him and everything. Talked to him about his soul. And he had told us he gave his heart to God. Can I tell you something? Car pulled up the road. And when the lady got out, when she raised her head above the car, Tom, I knew exactly who she was. It was his wife. And I thought, oh no, something's wrong. She wasn't supposed to come. And she looked at me and she's motioning for me to come. I thought maybe one of her kids had got killed or something. And come to find out, her mother died. Just came in and sat down in a chair, leaned back, took two breaths and died. But all she cared about, she had called us the night before after we got to Florida and said, have you gone to see Dan yet? Only thing was on her mind is, is my children living right? Are they ready to go home? Only thing I got to live for and my life is all about bringing my children to God. And that's what she was interested in her last days. Moms and dads, Come to the conclusion, this life ain't got it. You can live for it all you want to, but it ain't got it. You need Jesus. <clears throat> then it says, if in this life, verse 19, only we have hope in Christ, we're of all men most miserable. More or less, it's got to go past this life. If Jesus ain't alive and sitting at the right hand of the Father, then he's not alive. 
but our Bible, the same one that tells you he arose from the dead, says he's at sitting at the right hand of the Father, ever making intercession for you and I. He's wanting all that will come to receive the gift of life. Verse 20, but now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits. Paul, he's given all these questions of what if. Now he's telling you how it really is. He's heard all of the stories of maybe there ain't even a resurrection. Those Sadducees didn't believe. Those were the religious leaders. They didn't believe in a resurrection. So he's listening to all these stuff that they're putting out, the falseness that's coming out. And he's correcting them about this resurrection. He, he goes with the story, but then he turns around and verse 20 says, but now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. If Christ didn't go before us and get resurrected, guess what? Man, you don't have a chance. But because he defeated, he's a new man. This is a new way. You know, Randy said it. You're going to get that you get the heart of, a, of the flesh. It's like God softens your heart, takes that hardness away from you and said, hey, I get to be a Christian. I don't deserve it, but I get it. It's mine. It's my gift. He gave it to me. All that will come. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. Adam and Adam, we all die. But in Christ, we can all be made alive. How many sees it? It's there. We have to grab a hold of it with our faith and say, Lord, I believe what you said. I believe every word that you spoke. I believe in your life and what you did at Calvary. <coughs> For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ the first fruits, afterward they that are Christ at his coming. The coming then cometh the end when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power. For he must reign till he hath put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. You know, one day death's going to be put away. Won't be no more death. Praise God. See, we can sing about it because we believe it. I have watched those friends, family, leave this life and believed I'd see them again. But can I tell you something? One day death's going to be gone. They don't have to worry about no more separation, no more, no more dying, no more tears, no more sorrow. I don't want to live forever here, do you? I don't want to. I'm happy for what God has done. I'm happy for the joy of being able to have life and then finding true life, finding eternal life. I'm glad God let me live. I'm glad my parents got saved. I'm glad they didn't destroy me by some belief of abortion. I'm glad they didn't destroy their children. 
I'm glad they taught them about Jesus all their life because Jesus changed their life. It's a blessing to know, to know this plan of salvation. You think we think we're better? We're not a bit better. We just found a gift. Somebody graciously gave a gift. Does your children know what the gift is in you? Do they know you believe in resurrection? Do they know that you believe that Jesus, even though all the blood was poured out of him, even though they beat him and he died, last breath taken, do you know, do they know, do your children know, do your friends know, your family know that you believe that he came up out of the grave, that he's alive forevermore? I want to tell you something. You come back tonight because I'm going to tell you who he looks like now. I want to talk about what the reward of the resurrection looks like. That's what I want to talk about tonight. I actually wanted to talk about this morning, but I can't put the cart before the horse. I wanted to talk about this before because I want you to get a hold of believing it. And I want you to have a hope inside of you, a promise of tomorrow. You know what? I got flaws in my life. You got flaws? I got flaws. I ache in my joints. My body ain't what it used to be. My hair's falling out. I, I can't see good, can't hear good. I do got most of my teeth. But you know what? We might as well laugh about it because this old body's falling apart. But can I tell you, I got a new body. I don't know what it, it's going to be something. You might recognize me. I don't know. I might recognize. I'm going to know you. I'm going to know. I think when David said, I can't bring him back, but I can go to him. I think he believed he'd see that boy. And I believe we're going to see each other and know each other. I don't know how God's going to do it, but it's going to be good. And you won't see me with half my hair fell out. No, and I won't be trying to get up real slow. Praise God. You know what? We got we to gotta live for what we're going to have. We don't live for this life. We live for eternity with Jesus, the promise. Because of Jesus, we can trade judgment for forgiveness. Because of Jesus, we can trade our judgment that we deserve death because we're all sinners, come short. But we can trade that for forgiveness. And then, as the first Adam brought forth sin, condemnation, and death, Jesus, the last Adam, he brought forth grace and salvation and justification and life. What a blessing. When Martha saw Jesus and her brother had died, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection. 
How many hears what I'm saying? Jesus showed there. He wanted them to understand. He wants you and I to understand. Jesus said it plain to Martha. I am the resurrection and the life. Not I'm going to resurrect you someday. I am the resurrection. How many know who Jesus is? He is the resurrection. This was before he came, before he died and he came back. But he was, the resurrection was in him. The spirit that was in him is the same spirit that you and I must have and it will raise you and I out of this grave. Come up out of the grave. Praise God. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever lives and believes in me shall never die. And then he asked her the question, do you believe this? How many knows? It was hard for Martha to grab a hold of that. Jesus said a mouthful. But all them words have been repeated over and over and over. How many times in the funeral home do you say, if you believe in me, you shall never die? What a hope to give someone. I'm glad that my mother and father knew those scriptures. I'm glad when my dad would jump up and throw his hand in the air because he was excited about going home to be with Jesus. Come on back up, Becky. Romans 8, two verses. It says, and if Christ be in you, listen to this, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, if that spirit dwells in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. All you got to have is Jesus. All you got to do is receive him and the spirit of God will come inside of you and he will live and he will dwell and you hold on to him and you live that spiritual life. 2 Corinthians 4.16 For which cause we faint not. Listen to this, Christian. Read this many times in funerals. But though our outward man perish, all the old man's dying, the old man's passing away, the old man's just slowly deteriorating, getting worse and worse. Did you know when you go to a nursing home, most of the time, you don't come out. You don't go in there like you do a hospital, get better and go home. No, you go in. My mother and father went in, or my mother did, and when my mother went in, I knew it was like she was not going to get better and come out. You remember, Janet. Your mama, she tried. She did everything she could. But she couldn't do no more. My mama couldn't do no more. We would try to encourage her just to stand up so we could slide a chair under her. 
so she could sit in a wheelchair. We could ride her around. But Mark said it one day, just sometimes if you get her to smile, it's worth the whole trip. She had so much love for all of her children and all of her grandchildren. And she wanted to live. But she came to a place where it was time to go home. And she wasn't coming back. I told her one time she was over here at the lodge. She was in some kind of a temporary deal where she was in rehab or something. And she kept saying, it was Thanksgiving. Dad had already died. And she said to me, I hate to leave. They fixed the food over here at the lodge. And I said, Mom, it's Thanksgiving. I said, Mom, Dad's gone. But we need you, Mom. Our, the whole family's at the church waiting for you to show up. I'm trying to encourage my own mother to even come over and be a part, but she was wore out. She just couldn't hardly go. She came that day, but she was worried that she'd hurt the feelings of the cook because the cook had worked and made her a food. That was my mother. I don't want her back that way. I want to go to her. Don't you? I want to go where they're at. I don't want to bring them back into a dying world. I don't want that. We have to tell people about Jesus. We have to believe this in our heart. We have to believe that Jesus defeated death for you and I. Though the outward man perish, Yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Something in me is alive forevermore. Carl, something inside of us that's alive forevermore. They can't put it out. They can't stomp it out. Death can't take it away. It's alive and it'll be alive forevermore. Not because of anything we did. It's because Jesus gave us life. We're in Christ and we're alive forevermore. Don't you understand? We have to keep a hold of this resurrection of Jesus Christ. Have your faith in who he is. Because he paid a price and he did a work that none of us could do for ourselves. And the Father received him. Perfect sacrifice. Everybody stand if you will. The world is trying their best to give everybody their rights. How many knows what I'm saying? Everybody's got the right. Can I tell you something? Because of sin, we don't need fairness. We need mercy. Because of sin, America don't need fairness. They need, they need mercy. The only way we can find mercy is to turn to our Heavenly Father. He has mercy for all that will come to Him. I don't care what you did. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what your sin is. 
God already knows all about it. But if he's knocking on your door, you need to come to him. You need to make up your mind. I ain't believing this as a little Christmas story. I'm believing this for my life. This is my life. It's the life my wife, my children, my grandchildren, everybody needs. You got to know Jesus. Know him. Know that he has paid a price and he resurrected and he went to be with the, with the Father. He's coming back to bring us to him. It's by faith. We have to believe it. You have to accept it. Our highest educated people cannot accept it. The, it seem like the smarter they are, the more blind they are. I'm sorry, but if Jesus didn't put this down on the shelf for all of us to receive, didn't take educated people. Just take someone willing to say, Lord, I'm a guilty sinner and I need a Savior. Commit yourself today. Make up your mind. Don't leave this life where everybody's wondering what happened to you, where you will spend eternity. Make up your mind today. You don't have to worry about being like us or being loud or being anything. You just be in love with Jesus. He'll show you where to put your foot down one day at a time. And I said this before. I remember when I first got saved, you know what? My praise was this. And then all of a sudden God began to work on me and it was up here. And then it was up here and now I don't really care. You know what? God's let me know. If you love me, don't be ashamed of me. Open up your heart and let it fly. When, when he gets, when he receives glory from us, praise God. He's excited, Dred. He's excited when his people are moving because of his presence. Hallelujah. A country. Shadows deepen Unending day Where night shall never be A city where no storm
Be the encouraged today. Be encouraged for what God is saying. You know what? We have to come to the conclusion the enemy's trying his best to keep us down. He wants you to just think about things of this life and this world and all of the... There's a song, that song she was singing before. It's got a line in it that says, no more misunderstandings. You know how many misunderstandings going on in life? You know what? The enemy is trying to divide and conquer us. But God is alive and well. And he wants us to stir ourselves to him and call upon him. Call upon him. Call upon him for your children. Call upon him now. Don't wait till it's too late. We need him every day. Encourage us, Lord, in you. I think that's what this message is about. It's being encouraged. Lift up your head and say, I belong to him and he belongs to me. All his promises are mine. All the gift of it that's in Christ is mine. Praise God. 